Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hi. Howdy, hi. Who so do you remember? Do you remember where we are? I don't. Who, who is that? Who's this? <laughs> Who's this? That's Brandy. I'm Tina. This is Coaching and Cocktails. It's been a long time. The podcast. I left yeah. you without a dope something. Oh. You know how that rap went? I don't, but keep going. A long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope something. I don't know. <laughs> huh. All right. I told well, you on the podcast today that I was I was not feeling my myself, but um anywho. Yeah. So Hi, those here, of yeah, you back. for those of you who are still with us after that rap, <laughs> L to the OG. No, God. For, that's we, for the succession fans. That's for the succession, succession fans. fans. You'll know what I'm talking about. What's the rest of the words, Brandy? Keep going. A and it, and he. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. I looked up all the words and memorized them and sang them for a month straight. So, if you've seen season two of Succession, you know what I'm talking about. You'll never get it out of your brain ever again. You'll sing L to the OG. Every day for the rest of your life. And if you haven't watched Succession, what are you waiting for? Go watch it right now. I mean, finish the podcast and then go start binging it it because it is insane. And then go watch Yellowstone, even though it's starting to exhaust right now. No spoilers. Although, but yeah, no spoilers. So, okay. Well, with that out of the way, we are bringing (laughs) another empowerment story to everybody. Kelly, who I think this is her third time on, maybe? Um, Actually, I think it's really only her second time. The first podcast we did as an interview with her, not not her just telling her story. That was the... um, Mm -hmm. uh, It was the uh, Party Girl to Bikini Bro. We did... Mm -hmm um, a while back. Um, so I, I think this is only her second. So, um, anyway, we're going to let her tell you her story and then we will be back to talk a little bit about it. Here's Kelly back here. What's up guys. This is Kelly. I'm here to chat with you a little bit about my experience with competition prep and my reverse. Hey, Tina. Hey, Brandy. How you doing? <laughs> so a little bit about me in case you don't know who I am. My name's Kelly Dickin. Um, I hope you all have listened to Chris's most recent empowerment uh, podcast session. Um, but unlike Chris, I have only ever been coached by Tina and Brandy. I've been with them for five years now. So I don't have any other experience with doing a competition or reverse with any other coach. I guess I just got lucky and I fell into the right hands. (laughs) So about five years ago, I started with them with Brandy as a coach in their jumpstart program. I had no want to compete or get on stage. I just wanted to have some sort of control over my body weight. I didn't know what to eat. I didn't know how to work out. And it was very frustrating for me. So I was introduced to macros and um, I learned a lot about nutrition. I learned a lot about how to work out and 
a lot of the Jumpstart program is pretty much just getting you into those initial healthy habits that you need. Um, ignoring your feelings about not wanting to go to the gym and going anyway. You know, developing that healthy habit of being physical in some way every day or, you know, however you need to, to feel like you are increasing your physical fitness. And I also learned a lot about how to navigate social engagements and still achieve my health goals, not giving in to peer pressure, especially about alcohol. I had an issue with that. You know, it's just, it's weird. It's weird to go to a bar and say, no, I don't want to drink. So um, it took me a while to get through a lot of those things to really become the person that I wanted to be as far as, you know, nutrition, fitness, feeling good, all that stuff. So I can't say more about the Jumpstart program and it will really help you guys get into a place and have a good foundation before you even think about getting on stage and doing a competition prep. Uh, my first prep, um, a little bit about me. I'm a pretty regimented person. I was very prepared and I love to plan. I'm very organized. So I didn't think I'd have much issue as far as fitting in all the workouts and following along with whatever macros were given to me. Um, my first prep, Tina coached me and I basically just listened to her instructions. I was a very good student. Um, throughout the whole process, though, as far as my mindset, it wasn't in the best place. I was very hard on myself, and I didn't give myself much credit for what I was achieving while it was happening. And I wasn't very reflective. I was not aware self-aware of a lot of the things that were happening during prep just because I wasn't very mindful about what was going on. I was pretty much just following instructions. And what kind of comes along with that is you are very reactive to your feelings and emotions that, that arise at any time. They kind of, you know, they steer your ship as far as what you end up actually doing in response to whatever feeling or emotion you're feeling at the time. Um, so some more specific examples, I guess, was, you know, you're on, you're on prep. So you're having, you got less nutrition and that messes with your, with your hormones and it makes you more emotional. It makes you, a little bit more irritable, if you will. So, you know, you just have all these emotions and feelings and then that can, you can end up lashing out at people when you really don't mean to, or you could start having all these negative feelings towards going to the gym or your self-worth or how you're looking and, and all these other things. So, going through a competition prep is much more than just going to the gym, doing your workout and following the nutrition plan, which is, <laughs> which was a, uh, a lesson learned for me. 
So basically the results that I got, you know, out of the first prep, I had a competition. Oh, I went to my one and only competition that year in West Virginia. And I actually, I ended up winning my pro card in bikini. Um, but you know, getting up on stage, it wasn't about winning or the competition. I just wanted to see if I could do it, if I could make it through the process, which I did. So that was a win for me, but I did, I did suffer in a way, um, throughout the entire prep. I had pretty poor digestion. Um, my stress levels were just through the roof the entire time because I was always on something about, about prep and being so regimented. It, it makes you, you know, feel the need to be that way in all facets of your life, whether it be your work, your social engagements, being around people. It's like you just have to do everything for everyone. Um, so I was a very stressed individual throughout the entire process. Um, I was, I ended up food hoarding. I didn't even know that that was a thing, but my entire freezer by the time I was done with prep was just full of all of this food that I had collected because I wanted to be able to eat it when I was done. Uh, my reverse, I, you know, I, I did that with Brandy. I had help with a coach, so it's not like I was just dropped after the show and I didn't have any guidance. Um, and, and I did still struggle, um, I think a lot of it had to do again with just my mindset. I I thought I was done and I actually had to go on a couple vacations, which is not a good idea after a show because you're, you're still in a place where your hormones are just way off because of the way that you have been eating, which then, you know, it triggers your emotional response and... I just wanted to be able to eat and do all the things that I hadn't been doing and I had to make up for lost time, which, you know, it's a vicious cycle that messed with my digestion more. It's all just so, it's so intricately related and I learned a lot from my first competition prep and and my first re- reverse. It wasn't horrible by any means. Um, I did not develop any uh, clinical eating disorders, I would say. But it it definitely wasn't the best, and and I kind of, I knew that, and I think one of the best things I could have done for myself after my first competition was I went back through all of my (laughs) check-ins for the entire prep, and I just kind of reviewed everything that I had written in my check-ins, and this was the first time... I really stopped to reflect on on what had happened and I I I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself and it was in one of my check-ins that I had to stop because <laughs> Tina Tina called me out. She was like, "You are a very stressed individual." And prior to that, I never thought of myself like that. I just thought I was a very productive individual. I like to stay busy. I like to do things. Outgoing, maybe. Um, I don't know, but I never thought about it as stress. And I said, shit. <laughs> Tina's right, you know? Um, and that's why I think I had such a hard time cutting weight during my first prep. Um, it's why my digestion suffered. It's why I was, I was pretty emotional, Um, And it's also why 
I wasn't, I didn't do great in my reverse just because I was going through the motions. I wasn't self-aware as to what was going on and I was very reactive. So basically after my first competition, I knew I wanted to do it again. I knew I wanted to do one more show and I wanted to give myself plenty of time to make some progress in the gym. So I took a year off and um, you know, I, I did my thing in the gym, increased as much weight as I could, tried to get stronger. Um, I ate, I gave myself the nutrition that I needed, but this was a very important time for me because not, it wasn't all just about the gym and the nutrition anymore. I knew that I kind of had to do a more integral approach here if I was going to make the progress that I wanted to make. So, Um, more importantly, I worked on my stress levels and I think that looks different for everyone. Um, for me, it was not overscheduling myself. So I learned how to say no to people (laughs) and I'm already considering myself as a pretty selfish person. So, um, I learned how to say no to people and to things that I just, I didn't want to do. Um, I also... I started attempting to meditate. I don't know if you want to call what I what I do meditating, um, but I needed to start working on sitting down and and just having control over my thoughts and focusing. I needed to practice to focus on one thing because my brain just goes a mile a minute with all of the things that I want to do, things that I need to do. It's very hard to shut off. So I've tried the, the calm app. I've tried headspace and I landed on 10% happier. Somebody in the, um, in the team center stage team, Facebook group had recommended it to me. And I really like the 10% happier app. It's guided meditation They have different teachers, different courses, whatever. I just pick one and I sit down and I do it. And sometimes, you know, I just keep thinking through it and I, it, it doesn't work. But other times I get brief moments where I do have control over my thoughts and, and it's great. I know, again, I'm very hard on myself and I kept thinking I was doing it wrong, but after you continue to practice and practice, Um, it really is helpful and the teachers give you some tips and tricks on how to be more self-aware and in the moment and recognize maybe some negative thought patterns or emotions that everybody has, um, overthinking things and they give you some tools to be able to kind of redirect in a more positive way. So that's great. That's probably, you know, other than fixing how I schedule myself and meditating, you know, those have been great for my stress levels. And I also was um, focusing on my diet more in a way to help with my digestion. Um, I've been doing some research and working with Allie, Allison Moyer on um, my digestion just to kind of get that going because I learned 
by taking this year off that it really is, it's, it's all related. Hormones, emotions, digestion, metabolism, it's, it's all a thing. So it's not just calories in versus calories out anymore. Um, if you're going to want to lose weight or to be in a, in a competition, you know, you have to, you have to cut the weight. It's not just about the calories. You really kind of have to have this all in approach. So that's what I was practicing during my, during my year off. Um, so when it came to my next prep, I, um, I had, I had a different mindset. I still prioritize the gym and macros, but I also prioritize sleep. Um, again, my mindfulness and I scheduled myself some downtime. (laughs) I made sure I had some time to relax. I gave myself more credit for, for what I was achieving at the time. Um, I did anything I could to decrease my stress. So again, I wasn't overscheduling myself. I, I'd love to say that I meditated every day, but I didn't. Um, and of course I felt bad about it, but I tried to meditate as much as I could, even if it was just taking some deep breaths when I could feel overwhelmed. Um, but the, the one thing that I think that changed the most about my mindset for my second prep was I was just more aware. And that came with, again, experience. Obviously it was my second time doing it, but I think it, my awareness came more from my ability to kind of sit down and stop myself and realize things that were going on in, in my head that were um, not conducive with achieving my goals at the time. So I had a, I was a lot more positive, more positive self-talk. I kind of caught myself if I was thinking anything negative about myself in the gym or the way I was looking, um, any, anything like that. Um, I also kind of came in with more of like a growth mindset because I am learning still, even though it was my second time, I knew that you know, I was going to continue to learn about myself and what I was capable of. And that was really what it was all about for me. Um, and I also made sure that I stopped and I was more reflective, especially during your check-ins, right? She asks you, you know, what you think you did well in the week. And, and I think one of the biggest differences between my, my check-ins, this competition versus the last was, I really gave myself some more positive credit for what the heck I was doing. Like meeting your your fitness your fitness goals and your nutrition goals for the week at any point during your prep is freaking fabulous. You know, getting eight hours of sleep. It's it's hard nowadays. Like we were all just way too hard on ourselves. So that was something that that definitely changed. And I think it helped me a lot just just having more control over over my thoughts or realizing when I was having, you know, these these thoughts or a mindset that wasn't conducive with what I wanted and being able to redirect. It didn't work all the time. And I, I pointed out in some of my check-ins where where it didn't work. And I realized it after the fact. And then I could, you know, practice it if it ever comes up again, which of course it will. So, you know, my results of this of this second prep, the second time around where it was just, it was such a better time. I had such a better competition prep this time around. 
Um, it's almost crazy to say I was so much more relaxed and the process was more enjoyable. I was more satisfied. I I didn't feel the need to, to hoard any food. <laughs> I didn't have any like post vacation uh, competition binging or anything like that. My digestion continued to improve, even though, you know, um, you eat less. So usually your digestion it ends up suffering, but um, it was still better. It was so much better this time around because I majority was it was my stress levels. Um, my digestion was so much better. And because of that, I was able to drop weight so much easier because, again, I can't stress enough how much your your emotions, um, your stress levels affect your your digestion. And if your digestion is off by any means, your metabolism is going to suffer. Your body's not going to be able to, um, to drop weight like it, like it needs to, to, to do a competition. So, um, I also, one of the biggest takeaways from this last prep for me was I was less reactive to my feelings and emotions during it. Um, sure. I still had the feelings and emotions. I, I mean, I still, I woke up today and I didn't feel like going to the gym. Um, but I, I'm able to kind of stop myself right after that first thought and say, um, that's fine that you don't feel like going to the gym, but the, you know, going to the gym is what helps you with your stress levels. It's what helps you with your, with your fitness goals and being strong and, and all the things that I want to be. So Whereas before, you know, you, you have all the feelings of not going to the gym and then you run through all the excuses in your brain that you could possibly think about as to why you don't need to go. Um, and then, you know, whether you end up reacting to your emotions and not going or, you know, whether you have a, a, a little win there and you end up going anyway and just say fuck your emotions, that's a huge deal. So this second prep... Um, I had a much easier time sticking to my goals and I didn't have to, I wasn't ruled by what emotions or or feelings I was having at the time. I was able to still separate my actions from my emotions, which I think was huge. So that's pretty much all I had to share. Um, Like I said, Uh, I can't say enough about this, this second time through reverse with my reverse competition here. Um, it's been great. Um, no binging and I've just had such a better time mindset digestion wise. Um, if anybody ever has any questions, I've been through the whole cycle, (laughs) um, and feel free to reach out to me. And I did want to leave you guys with something that uh, I heard from one of the meditations that I did yesterday on this app. It was an acronym. It's um, for the word STOP. And it stands for STOP, take a breath, observe what you're feeling, and proceed. And I just thought that was very impactful and basically is what I like about it is it's going to help me choose how I would like to respond 
to a stimulus instead of getting lost in in a reaction based off of what I'm feeling at the time. So, um, and I think anybody can take that and use that in their everyday life during a competition or or during a reverse. Just being more self-aware of what's going on and giving you the power to choose what you want to do. So um, thanks for listening. And like I said, if anybody has any questions, reach out and I hope you all have a great day. So okay. that was so fun to listen to. Yes. Welcome back. That was uh, Kelly Dickin. I think she actually mentioned her name in there, but we did have two Kellys. So I wanted to make sure we clarified because we did another empowerment on with Kelly Field not too long ago. Yeah. So uh, right off the top, Kelly's been with us for five years. I know we've had a few conversations where it's like, how long has it been? And we try to do the math and then it gets too hard and we stop. But she said five years she's been with us now. Yeah. Or that's the note I wrote in. It is kind of insane, isn't it? Yeah. She said five, but I think it was 2017. So wouldn't that be four years? I might have to go back and look at my notes. I don't know. Already too much math for me. But yeah, she has, I mean, she has definitely been through all phases of our programs, everything we've offered. She has done a beginning to end and all over the process again. So it was really, I think, insightful to listen to her talk about not only just her experience this time, but having done it twice and the differences in her experience, um, having gone like street to stage and then having gone from being a pro back on stage. Yes. And what all of that was like. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, she has literally been through every aspect of our coaching, including two retreats. (laughs) So, Mm um, I, I I will say, you know, I can, I can, I can't find my words today. So I do apologize. Mm -hmm. There was a really good word in my head that was, that I was supposed to get out right now. And I don't know why I can't get it out. told you we shouldn't podcast today, but I can attest that was the word I was looking for to how much different this prep was for her than, than her first one. In fact, I will say that she was originally supposed to compete in the spring. She didn't, she didn't mention that. I don't think, um, but we had to take a step back. She was going to make her pro debut in the spring in May. Um, but her digestion was so out of whack and I knew that we were never going to be able to get her to the stage conditioning that we really needed and wanted to for her, you know, to hit the pro stage. Um, so we, we hit the pause button, um, and she did mention that, you know, uh, we worked with, um, Allie Moyer, um, on, um, sorry, Allie Fahrenbach. Mm. Um, that's, that's her email is Allison Moyer. Um, and she has a wealth of knowledge in digestive health. So, um, we did a consult with her and Allie made some recommendations and then Kelly and I worked through those recommendations together. So she still was coaching with me, but we, we consulted externally, which, which I do often with clients, um, something that's out of my wheelhouse. But once we got that going and it took several months, I mean, it was like, we had to like back off a of prep and bring her calories back up. And her sole focus was on getting her gut into a better place and getting her digestion a better place. So it was several months. Um, 
But then, you know, the most magical thing happened without us doing a goddamn thing. The weight just started coming off. Like we, it was, you know, once we got that digestive piece of the puzzle a little bit better figured out, the prep was a whole lot less brutal for her. So, so that was one big aspect of it. And I'll say the other really big aspect of this prep versus the last was her mindset. And, and that, that's really what she focused on a lot in, um, in her recording. Um, because it, it's, it's huge. And, and like Kelly said, like everything is connected, right? So your, your brain is connected to your gut. And if you're a high stress individual and she didn't recognize she was high stress, but I knew this, you know, high performing type A OCD, every got to do everything for everybody. She didn't feel stressed, you know, in our, in our check-in form, I asked people what their stress level is every week, but I also know my client's baseline stress. So if I have a client who I actually know from experience is, is really a baseline of like a nine, <laughs> which Kelly was because she just lives she, her, her mindset, the way that she handles things is stressful. So then if you apply external stress to that, now we're talking about like a 20, right? So, and she would report like a five. So I know, right. Like I know like that's really high. So really like if she's a 10 and she reported five, then we're really talking about a 15 and we got big problems. So, um, her shifting her, her mindset and all the mindfulness stuff that she started doing, um, which I think she actually started working on with you even before mm-hmm. she came over back to me for prep. Um, so, I mean, do you have, uh, do you have any thoughts or things you want to add on like kind of how that whole thing came about since she really started that with mm-hmm. you? Yeah. So to, to back that up, obviously she had a rookie season and she talked about that. She got on stage once in June. I could never tell you what year pre Corona. So whenever that was, um, And then she came to me for reverse and off season. And that is exactly what we worked on a lot is just getting a good lifestyle in place. And she kind of talked about her reverse and like she said herself, she's somebody who wants to be like planned and organized and tackle it and do it. But reverse is a lot of squishiness and it's a lot of grayness, not even reversing but maintenance. Right. Mm-hmm. So for her, it was a lot of, it was very towards a goal, the, the stage. It was very difficult to then live normal life again, because there wasn't a major driving factor. Yep. So we worked on that a lot and just putting pieces of normal life back in place. And I mean, she had the difficulty that, I mean, really, I think everybody does after the stage where, they don't want to put the weight back on, right? They want to stay lean forever and they fight that and fight that and get weird about food. And then a lot of people at some point then say, well, fuck it then and go too far the other direction. Mm -hmm. And she kind of had a little bit of both of those experiences. Nothing got super duper out of control, but I, I think at one point when she finally let go of the stage that she can't live stage leanness, she, you know, sort of forgot it all and started putting on, getting a little bit further away from the basics than she wanted to be. And then COVID happened. Um, luckily, she's really somebody who can rise to the occasion. And I think COVID happening was probably a good driving force to snap her back into it. 
Um, and when I say snap her back into it, just like snap her back into having some boundaries. And that's all that reversing and maintenance and off season is about growth season. It's about living your life within boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And that means being able to function without the strict regiment. You can't live like that. The stress level on that is outrageous. Nobody can live like that. So it's finding the space in between what you were doing before and being so regimented that you're doing the stage. And for a lot of first-time competitors, that's the first time, right? Like Kelly came from, from the street to stage, right? And then did the very regimented thing for a year probably to prep or longer. And then her off season from her first stage competition was the first time she was learning how to live in that in-between space. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think the hard part of that is figuring out what that looks like and figuring out the squishiness and becoming comfortable in sort of this new evolution. And so a long way to answer your question, we did rely on meditation and yoga and just slowing everything down, like slowing mm-hmm. it all down and living in this moment, right the second, because that's where we needed to be mm-hmm. to stay in a good place, even if we were in a bad place. Okay, so we're in a bad place right now. We're just in this moment. Let's stay here and deal with this moment. Um, and she said something that I like wanted to stand up and clap when she talked about uh, her practice the last year or the however long of like forcing peace, forcing quietness in her life. And that's something I personally have been working on for a long time. And it's a lot harder than it sounds. Mm -hmm. And you literally have to force it. You have to force that hour or whatever that thing is a day. And I mean like strict peace and quiet and, or whatever that you need. And a lot of that, that's not difficult. The difficult part is jettisoning whatever and saying no to whatever else you need to do to reserve that time for yourself. So I was really, really um, proud of her for saying that because I understand how like difficult that is to really put your needs in line with everybody else's, not above them, not below them, just in line with everybody else's. It's not natural, but it's so life-changing and so changing for your brain to just have an hour a day to reboot. Yes. Your so brain anyway. needs a break. Our brains yeah. are very, very busy all right. the day long. And we make them busier than they probably need to be or want to be or should be. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, so I, re- I really loved that. that and I, I love that she talked about how difficult, you know, meditation is for her because, you know, we talk a lot about meditation and I think, and I, I'll be the first one to admit, I, I, have struggled with it too. Like I, I don't consider myself good at it, but I do enjoy it. And I do make myself do it because like she said, she's like, she would have fleeting moments, right. Where, you know, it, it worked right. Where like meditation was, you know, but I think people just have this view of what meditation is supposed to be. And, you know, you know, you, you can quiet your heartbeat and, you know, you're going to be like the Dalai Lama that can like, you know, be almost dead. You're so meditative. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, not how most people meditate. Right. Right. And it's, you know, if you get five minutes of being connected with your breath and like, you know, letting thoughts flow through your mind without actually stopping and having to respond to them and, you know, which is really what meditation is and, and just connecting. And so I appreciated that she put that out there and she, you know, so, cause, cause I, I, I am the same way when it comes to meditation. 
And I think that's the number one thing that stops people from doing it is that it's hard. It's yeah. very, very hard. And it takes a whole lot of time, not time, but a long period of doing it consistently to get good at it. It's supposed to be difficult, right? And that's all, I mean, honestly, that's part of the process. And so she mentioned, actually, she mentioned 10% Happier, which is a book that I read that I loved. And if, if you haven't read it, and he now has an app um, that has meditations and a regular podcast, but the original book is great because it's all about, he was a newscaster, like a Dan Rathery type, I think, and had a basically an emotional, mental meltdown and sort of on a, on a whim slash dare slash desperation started meditating, not believing in it at all. And he talks about his process that, you know, some days it was like five seconds. Mm -hmm. That's and, that, and that's about, you know, that's about, I do about a five minute meditation a day. I probably have a good 30 seconds and I've been doing it almost daily for two years, but that's okay. It's, that's my practice and where my practice is. And it's 30 more seconds than I did have. And the more you need it, the harder it's going to be, which means you've got to stick with it. Well, that's like with everything we talk about, not to go down a rabbit hole, but it's the, the shit we need is probably the stuff that's the hardest for us. That's yeah. what we need the most, right? The sh we're, it's, it's easy to do the things that are easy for us, right? It's easy right. to just keep doing the things that are comfortable. Meditation isn't comfortable. You have to sit alone with your thoughts and listen to your breath, right? Or try not to have thoughts or, you know, try to just focus on your breath for, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever you're doing. It's really fucking hard, but you know, it's it's probably the thing more and more people need so that you can start to have that mindfulness and that, that space between, you know, stimulus and reaction versus, you know, response, right? So you can either respond to a stimulus, react to a stimulus, or you can have a little space called mindfulness in between, and then you can choose your response. And it's, I guarantee you, it's going to be a hundred times better if you choose to respond and not react. Right. That's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly. And sometimes in the moment itself, right? I mean, if you're having a meltdown over something, the last thing you want to do is remove yourself from the meltdown to go meditate. But 90% of the time, if you remove yourself from the meltdown for five minutes and go, quote unquote, meditate, the meltdown is probably going to be way less because you like just broken up that thought train, that bad thought train. And it's very hard, right? Because you want to stand in your kitchen and stew about the fact that somebody fucking said something obnoxious to you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's just say that happened. <laughs> we won't, we won't, we'll use that hypothetical that somebody said something to Brandy at Thanksgiving that was not nice. And she was <laughs> able, she's very proud of herself and I'm very proud of her for not reacting in the way that she wanted to, which might have resulted in a throat punch across the bonfire. However, comma, that didn't happen because she took a moment to breathe and went internal. She went inside herself and she checked herself before she wrecked herself oh and was able to. Goodness. That's a hypothetical, goodness. but yeah, that, that mean, might've been what happened on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That, that's an example <laughs> of how it could be helpful. <laughs> but back to Kelly. Um, I, you know, and I, I want to back up for just a second. Cause you mentioned about, you know, her rookie season and then coming off and like having to find your way. And this is, I would say 99.999999% of brand new 
competitors will experience that space and not that squishy space and a squishy body, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. that squishy space leads to a squishy body and then having to figure out how to navigate that because it's your first time, just like you, your first time in the competition prep, you had to figure out how to navigate that. This is part of the process. It's not easy. In fact, we've done whole podcasts on it where we have literally told you it's probably way harder than prep because it is because it's squishy and not concrete and it's not laid out exactly, you know, one way or another. Um, but it is an important thing to learn to have that balance or like Brandy talks about in her athletic bell curve to learn how to be back at the top of that bell curve, right? Which is where most people should live. Um, because you cannot live in that super, super rigid state forever and ever. Amen. You have to find what's going to work for you and your lifestyle, um, without it getting too far out of control in one, one direction or the other. So, um, I mean, that, that's a big part. I think we talked in our last podcast, um, Chris's might've been Chris's podcast that we talked about, um, you know, the, the post-competition recovery and, um, program coaching that we do for, for people. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what, what you did with Kelly in that circumstance. And what I, you know, what I did with Chris and her story is, is exactly that it's helping you find that space right? Mm-hmm. Where you can just live a well-balanced, healthy life, healthy mind, healthy body, because competing will take you to a very unhealthy place. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't in a already really healthy place, and Kelly was, right? Because you, you, yeah, she went street to stage, but it was a two-year process to right. street to stage. And she even talked about she worked with you in the Jumpstart program to learn the foundations, So we don't put clients on stage that don't already have the foundation that just, if you don't, we're not going to, we're not going to take you from the street to the stage without stopping in the middle to make sure you have the the foundation there. Um, But even a well-laid foundation can get cracks in it after, after a show, because you just, you've never learned this part of it before. Um, You know, so that, that's kind of where our post-competition recovery, you know, coaching programming kind of came from is, there are a lot of athletes out there suffering that never, they didn't work with us or maybe, you know, maybe they worked with a well-intentioned coach. Maybe they didn't, maybe they worked with a knucklehead. Maybe they did it on their own and they went street to stage and they never had a healthy foundation and they came off the stage and then they just landed straight in the squish. Yeah. And they have, and they're drowning in the squish and they have no idea how to get out of the squish. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So I, I mean, thank you to Kelly for sharing that process. So I don't think she said at the end, but what's next for her? Um, well, we actually, so she is now focusing on, um, getting some answers for some health concerns that we Mm -hmm. knew had been lingering. So they kind of go hand in hand with her digestive issues. So she's focusing on that. Um, we have spent the last several months, um, with her loosening up her grip on the food scale and learning how to trust herself and um, live her life and be able to go out and make uh, healthful choices and not have to worry about weighing and measuring everything. She still does a couple days a week, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of like her, she goes back to her foundation. Um, but she's in a really great place now where she, her, her weight is, she did not skyrocket in weight coming off the show. Um, we did not push her calories super high, super fast because of her digestion issues. There, it would have been, it would have killed her. I mean, it would have been, she wouldn't have been able to 
go to the bathroom or, you know, feel comfortable. Right. So, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, but she feels strong in the gym. She has good energy. She's sleeping well. Um, she's living a well-balanced life. She is engaged. She is planning her wedding. She just had her engagement party. So that's all happy stuff. She does not have any plans to ever get back on stage again. And I think she mentioned that, uh, she may have mentioned that, um, never say never, but she doesn't have any plans to do it. Um, and we actually just shifted from weekly coaching to monthly because she was in such a good place. There would just was not a reason that she needed to check in with me every single week. Um, and then she will be off on her, she will fly free. She'll be going off on her own in about three months and she absolutely will be able to do that on her own. She has come a hundred percent. I'm not, I can't say she came full circle because that would mean she was back to where she started from and she didn't start in a great place. She is, she has arrived in the place that to be perfectly honest, I mean, aside from the health issues that I hope that she can get resolved. Um, I want everybody to live in. I mean, it's just like just living her life being, she loves the gym. She likes feeling strong. She stays active. She eats but, I mean, she goes out to eat, has, you know, will have a glass of wine if she wants to, but doesn't feel pressured to have to. She talked about that in the podcast. Um, yeah, she, I honestly, I can't say enough. She's, she's in an amazing place. Well, and Kelly is also a horse person. So now that she's done competing, we're going to have some horse time and I'm looking forward to that. Well, now she can do horse competing instead of sparkly bikini competing. Right. And I ride dressage now, so I kind of do both. I have sparkly horse competing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you end up wearing heels on your horse now, now what I would like to see is Brandy in a sparkly bikini and heels on the horse. <laughs> do you really want to see that? Think about it. I actually it really minute. do. I think the whole world would like to see that. <laughs> Just think, think about, really think through that image. <laughs> let's, think of, let's start a new competition that is bikini on horseback. Well, <laughs> they actually have barrel racers actually there's a bikini division oh now doesn't that just take away from the sport i mean is that not just like belittling the sport? yeah i mean it's not for that's me right. i'm writing is a very difficult sport i'm wearing three bras while i do it i certainly don't need to be in a bikini <laughs> <laughs> well okay there's that we should do a whole podcast on that i think <laughs> all right well that aside a huge thank you to kelly once again for really sharing her story i know that a lot of people will appreciate it Yeah. And again, if anybody out there listening, um, you know, if you're looking just for, if you need foundational, you know, principles, coaching, you just need general health and wellness, you know, Brandy is, you know, go back and listen, listen to the Fit Fanny Project podcast series, because you can learn a lot about what Brandy does in, in that realm of our coaching. If you're, if you're looking, if you think competing sounds cool, it probably isn't, but if you're interested in it, <laughs> it's not as cool as you think, but it, it's really fucking hard and really fucking rewarding. If you're interested in that, you know, hit us up. Or if you're somebody that is struggling in that squishy space after the stage and you just cannot find your way to a, a healthy mental and physical place, then, um, you know, hit us up, right? Interstageathleticscoaching.com if you, if you're, if you don't know. Yeah. Now, you know, now, you know, All right. and Don't get weird. Use your head. (laughs) It will all be okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.